What is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome into this episode of the Buffalo Nerd, your home for Buffalo Bills football with a charity on top. Brought to you by SB Nation and Buffalo Rumblings YouTube and Podcast Network. I'm your host, Colt Schroeder. If this is your first time listening, thanks for stopping by. And if you're already part of the Nerd Mafia, welcome home. I'm joined by ESPN's Deputy of Chalk, David Behrman, on this week's show. We're going to chat AFC win totals and championship odds. It's about to go. Yes. This is the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast, where we talk history of the game numbers and stats. And each week we highlight a charity that's doing good. If you haven't subscribed yet, then you should, because I'm sick, 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 the real deal. And you know I got a shout out to Buffalo Bills. Turn it up to the max, sit back and relax. This is the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast. Let go! Well, welcome in, everyone. It is Thursday, June 30th, the heat of the offseason. This week, I am joined by the deputy, the man in charge of ESPN Chalk, Mr. David Behrman. Welcome into the show, sir. Colt, thanks for having me. A pleasure to be here. I know a nice little Bills-Dolphins rivalry that dates back to my childhood, so I couldn't say no when, when the mafia came calling, so... Yeah, I know. I was uh, obviously the mafia who are watching. Uh, those of you listening won't be able to see all the uh, beautiful stuff that he's hanging on his walls behind him for all those teams that we absolutely hate. But anyways, uh, before we get into any of that, I really want to thank you for coming on, David. Why don't you kind of give everybody just a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm originally from Miami, uh, Florida, born and raised down there. Uh, Dolphins season tickets have been in my family for 50 years now. Um, obviously, Growing up down there, Dolphins, Bills, rivalry, uh, you know, the uh, except for Joe Montana, I, I blame the Bills for the reasons why the Dolphins and Dan Marino never got their championship rings. Um, but uh, after working in minor and major league baseball for the Marlins and other teams for about 10 years, made the trek northeast to, to work for ESPN, started in our stats info department, providing live stats information to their programming, whether it be in the studio for Sports Center, Baseball Tonight, college football shows, or on the road with some of our golf stuff, college football stuff as well. You guys probably have heard of Chris the Bear Felica uh, for college game day. Worked with Chris for my entire career. Did a couple of game days with him, a couple of bowl games with him. Eventually worked my way into management um, and, and and put a little bit of a niche out there for sports betting, trying to push sports betting content about seven or eight years ago, back before anybody was paying attention because PASPA was blocking any state from, from having – uh, legal wagering, obviously, that was overturned in 2018, and, and the world has changed as we know it with legal sports wagering in over 30 states right now and pushing towards 35 to 38 once some of the legislation goes through. And we have a show on uh, called Daily Wagers that I help with that's on uh, five days a week, six during football season, and then ESPN Chalk, which is our vertical on ESPN.com designated to all sports betting content. So work with the likes of uh, Doug Kazarian, Tyler Fulgham, Joe Fortenbaugh, Anita Marks, Aaron Dolan, and the and the, the cast of characters on our Daily Wager, as well as our uh, chalk content. So here to talk football with you and betting and, and whatever we want to talk about, that's a little bit about me. I love it. Uh, thank you so much for the introduction. A uh, ton of stuff going on with David. I'm super excited to jam with him. Uh, minus the Finns portion of it, uh, the, the betting side of it should be a lot of fun. Uh, but before we get into all that kind of stuff, we do every week on the show like to highlight a charity. Uh, and obviously, as the guest, uh, David does get to choose the charity that we're going to highlight. Uh, so this week, David chose Every Town uh, for Gun Safety. You can find them at everytown.org. Uh, so David, why don't you go ahead and just uh, tell us a little bit about why you chose them? 
Sure. And this predates anything that we've seen recently with obviously all the mass shootings. And obviously there was, there was one in Buffalo not too long ago. Many years ago, I joined a fantasy league that one of my buddies started. It was a multi-tiered dynasty contract keeper, multiple leagues with relegations up and down, a pretty intense league. But we decided right off the bat that even though it was going to be intensive with all the rules, that it should be for fun and not necessarily for the money. So we actually donate half of the pot every year to a charity. And we chose every town safety um, a couple of years ago when we saw a couple of the, the mass shootings, obviously we live in Connecticut. Now we're, we're not too far away from, from Newtown where the shooting was over 10 years ago. So uh, gun safety and gun control has been a passion of mine and others that I'm close with in that fantasy league. I know it's split right down the middle with a lot of people and I'm not here to be political at all, but I do donate to that charity and happy that you can highlight that. And obviously with the recent things that have happened in, in Buffalo and in Florida and Texas and other places, it's even that much more important for, for gun safety awareness. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, politics aside on everything, I mean, this is just an important topic for everybody, you know, across the country, you know, it's a cool organization. Uh, they got a lot of good data. They've got a lot of opportunities for you to help out. But I mean, ultimately, the goal is to make sure that, you know, we don't have to talk about these things anymore, you know, in the national media and that kind of stuff. So very cool organization. Make sure you guys go check them out. It's everytown.org. Uh, the link should be down uh, below you in the description or where you're listening to this. You should be able to get right over to them and check out what they're up to. So. I want to start out like I have been every week until we get it resolved. Um, it's Poyer Watch. Now, yep. I, I really want to get your opinion of this because uh, you're going to have some good info on it for us on this, but also just because you're in the division, and I believe this is an important piece to the Buffalo Bills puzzle, um, but I'm kind of on the fence that he's not necessarily going to get paid what he's hoping to get paid, and this isn't going to work out necessarily for him. But where are you at on this whole thing? I look at this as a very similar situation to what Miami Dolphin fans went through last year with Xavier Howard coming off of 10 interceptions, uh, runner-up in defensive player of the year voting. Howard had back-to-back huge seasons that put him as one of the best defensive players in the league, except he had just signed a big contract with the Dolphins. He signed a big contract. You're obligated to that team to fulfill that contract. Then he goes and has a Hall of Fame all-pro season and wants more money. Eventually, the Dolphins and Howard were able to figure it out and get him paid more guaranteed money up front and, and, and change the contract a little bit to give him not necessarily what he wanted, but at least more money to show uh, what he's worth to the team in the league and the division. And I think Poyer's going through the same thing. He you know, was signed a couple of years ago as an unheralded free agent. He's had back-to-back really good seasons. Uh, that safety is one of the best the, – the, the, the secondary is one of the best secondaries in football that the Bills have out there, and he knows it. Uh, he wants to get paid. Uh, I, I pretty much think it would probably work out very similar to what the Dolphins went through not necessarily knowing exactly what the bills have, you know, in the cap and what they can restructure. The dolphins made it work to keep their key safety. And I think the bills are going to do the same because nowadays the way the NFL is built, if you don't have a good secondary, you're dead in the water. You know, we saw what happened not to bring up bad memories, but we saw what happened in, in the playoff game with Kansas city that, you know, was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And imagine what that would have been like if you, if you didn't have Poyer and you didn't have anybody in your secondary, it wouldn't have come down to overtime. So if you're going to keep up with what's going on, especially in the AFC West, when you see that the arms race that they have with getting Devontae Adams and getting Russell Wilson, um, all those people that you have in the West, you're going to need that secondary. And the Bills have as good as one of any. Um, and I think they get it done. I think he shows up and plays. I wouldn't be concerned. We're in the same boat last year with Howard. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with a lot of that. And I, I uh, think I th- we're at uh, Sport Trek's got us at 4.875 right now. Um, obviously, he's going to command, you know, some more money than that. I think they have him about 10.7 a year or somewhere in there. I think that what's going to probably end up happening is he's going to get a front heavy, nice contract for this season and uh, give him an option to look around potentially next year and see. Um, you know, I don't want to have to say that, but I do be- do believe that when they signed Hyde, they kind of chose what path they were going to walk. Yep. And and then when Poyer wanted more money, it really kind of helped out that cause. Um, but definitely a piece of the puzzle you don't want to lose. And especially this season, he's shown up. He's been there for, you know, the mandatory camps. He he seems like he's going to be a piece of the puzzle either way this season. So let's hope so. Now, let's chat a little bit about what you're really good at. Right. And you get to see all this stuff all the time, all the betting side of things. I personally believe that Vegas is super sharp with football, all sports in general. So when these numbers kind of come out, I, I don't necessarily say that I would want to live by them, but I, I am taking note of this, right? Because they've got people that are studying the game left and right. This is all they're doing. There's computers doing it every, you know, all this stuff doing it. So are there any AFC championship odds that came out? You were kind of like, Oh, really? Or were there any that you're like, oh, yeah? Well, I mean, it's no surprise to me that the Bills and the Chiefs are going to be the favorites to win the AFC. It was the Chiefs for the most part until they lost Tyreek Hill and that flip to the Bills. But they were neck and neck. And those are the two best teams in in the AFC, which we saw last year. No disrespect to the Cincinnati Bengals who won the AFC and went to the Super Bowl. The two best teams last year from top to bottom were the Chiefs and Bills. Obviously, it's who's hot at the end. And the Bengals got it done. I've beat the Chiefs after the Chiefs beat the Bills. And I firmly think that the Bills would have beaten the Bengals and gone to the Super Bowl had they gotten past uh, Mahomes and that offense in overtime. But when looking at it, you know, Bills, Chiefs, no surprise that they're there. Um, I am a little surprised that the Baltimore Ravens are are 10 to 1 and being basically the fifth, sixth, or even seventh option, depending on what book you look at. You know, the fact that the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Bengals all have better odds right now than the Baltimore Ravens to win the AFC is what kind of stuck out to me i don't necessarily think the ravens are the best team in the division in the conference by any means but are they really longer odds than the broncos who have not played one down with russell wilson and were not a good team last year maybe russell wilson turns them into a super bowl team but i'd rather have lamar jackson and an established ravens team under john harbaugh than what denver's put out recently even though they're getting russell wilson who we don't know what the problem was in seattle he had a very talented team in seattle and couldn't get it done so I think that you're getting value on the on the on the Ravens at 10, 11, 12 to one, depending on your book. Uh, they're they're going to get the last year they didn't play a down before losing their top two running backs last year. Now they're going to get them back. J.K. Dobbins has played just as many NFL games as you and I have. Having him back, Lamar Jackson healthy. Uh, they got good wide receiving core out there, and I think that that's a team where if you look at the division, yes, you got the defending AFC champions there in Cincinnati Bengals. I'm not sure they're as good as they looked last year getting to the Super Bowl. They'll be formidable. They got Burrow. You got Chase. You got Higgins. You got a good team. I think Cleveland isn't as good as people thought they were because we don't know what's going to happen to Sean Watson. I wasn't buying that to begin with. Sean Watson has thrown as many passes as you and I did last year. Going to be rusty even if he does play. Um, And then you have the Steelers, who I feel are going to take a step back without Big Ben. I don't think they'll be as good. So the division is shaping up to not be as difficult as maybe the Chiefs will have in their division or the Bills may have in their division. So I'm looking at that saying, I don't wouldn't want the Chargers over over the over the Ravens. They're in the same division as the Chiefs and the Raiders and the Broncos. I wouldn't want the Broncos for the same reason. So if you're looking at a team that I think is worth value, I look at the Baltimore Ravens at 10, 11, 12 to 1 to be a team that 
sticks out as maybe they don't win the AFC, but I think they have a good chance to get where you need to get before you can start profiting off of it. Yeah, I mean, I like that because I think when you look at that, like I, I, when I pulled it up just before we got started, I got Ravens at 12. Um, and to me, that's one of those teams. Them, and I'd said a couple weeks ago, them and the Colts are another team that I would just kind of mess around with a little bit because I think they can present a, a problem for you if they get into the playoffs against you. Uh, but yeah, I, I found it very interesting. And I think it speaks a lot that the Cincinnati Bengals are not near the top of this. They're pretty far down the list and their division is right around them. They're snug around them. The Browns, I mean, I imagine we're going to see that shift, right? Like once Watson's officially out of the picture, I imagine we'll see that shift. But yeah, it's very interesting to think that the team that was there last year is pretty far down that list. Uh, it, Bills at plus four hundred. Would you would you do it? Is it an is it enough of a kind of feel good for you that you would do that? I'm not sure I would do it at four to one, but I would wait for them to have an early loss and that number jump up a little and then jump in a little bit live in the middle of the season. Maybe they go two and two, which they won't. They'll probably be four and oh. But if they go two and two, you can hop on a better number. I think that's too short. I'm not sure I would take anybody at that short of a price. Let me throw two other ones out there for you. Tennessee Titans being 18 to one in the middle of the pack. You're talking about a team that, yes, they struggled in the playoffs. They've struggled in the playoffs before. Not necessarily buying the Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill hype, but they were the number one team in the AFC last year. Like, it wasn't the Bills, mm-hmm. it wasn't the Chiefs, and it wasn't the AFC champion Bengals. The number one seed was the Tennessee Titans. Now, are they world beaters? Are they the team that you think should be 3-4-1? to one? No, but they're 18-1, to one, returning the number one running back in football and a quarterback who doesn't lose games for you. So, what are you going to have with them? I think 18-1 is a decent price. I don't necessarily think they're the best team in the league, but no one thought that last year when they got the one seed as well. And the other one that I'm going to pitch, and this is purely a value play because of the number itself, which is what I do for a living with numbers and, and, and betting, the Las Vegas Raiders made the playoffs last year, have a dynamic offense, um, have a new coach. They're in a tough division, but the Chiefs are 6-1. to one, The Chargers are 7-1. to one, The Broncos are 9-1, to one, and the Raiders are 20-1. to one. Is there that much separation between those three teams and the Raiders? Now, you asked me to pick a division winner, I'm not picking the Raiders. But you're getting 20 to 1 when everybody else in the division is 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, whatever it is. There is value there. You have a really outstanding quarterback. You're getting his college buddy in Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. It's a team that they were good last year enough to make the playoffs. People forget that the Las Vegas Raiders made the playoffs last year with all the crap going on them with John Gruden and, and an interim coach who doesn't even keep his job. They made the playoffs. And they battled the Bengals to the last play of the game. They had a shot to beat the team that eventually won the AFC. And you're still getting 20 to odd, 20 to one odds, which understandably so. They're in a tough division mm-hmm. and they play tough schedule. I mean, they do get the AFC South, but they also play the NFC West. So you're talking about two games against the Chiefs, Broncos, and Chargers, and then playing everybody out West in the NFC, which is no easy feat. But you're also talking about 20 to one odds. If you ask me if I'd rather have the Kansas City Chiefs at six to one, or the Raiders at 20 to 1, I'm going to take the Raiders at 20 to 1. As crazy as that sounds, I would take the Raiders at 20 to 1 before I took the Chiefs at 6 to 1. Yeah, I like that because I'm I'm not really a fan of the the short number for either of those teams. I think it's way too up and down to kind of be at that short of a number. You know, if if I felt the separation was truly there, I'd be comfortable at 400 for the Bills, you know, or 4 to 1. But that's it's a little sketchy. I mean, this this AFC is stacked, right? I mean, it's top to bottom. 
it's going to be tough. Any one of the seven teams that potentially gets in could be the team that gets there, right? So that's 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 a tough way to go about this. So uh, I like those plays. That's and the Raiders, you know, they're bringing in a coach that's he's been there. He's he's done yeah. it, right? He's seen victory after victory after victory. So right, and I do like the the Carr and Adams thing. I think if we're going to see a spectacular year ever this is probably going to be the year that it'll happen, right? They're going to try to blow that building apart, you know, with that offense this year. So it's going to be exciting. So let me ask you a little bit. Uh, let's hit the win totals a little bit because sure. I, uh, I'm i curious to see where you stand on some of these. So I pulled up because uh, you guys actually at the chalk have a, a contest that you can enter, right, where you can try to pick all 32 uh, yep. winners, right? So do you have any uh, AFC win-loss numbers that you really like? Well, the one that sticks out to most to me, and we just hit on it a second ago with the AFC West, is – you look at the Chiefs, and if you were to say to me, hey, David, the Chiefs are going to go 11 and 11 and 7 next year, I'd be like, yeah, or 11 and 6, sorry, we're trying to get used to the 17-game schedule. Mm-hmm. 11 and 6, I'd be like, yeah, Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, probable. Their over-under is 10.5. They play their own division, so you play the Raiders twice, the Chargers twice, and, and the Broncos twice. You have to play the NFC South, which is Arizona, defending champion Rams, 49ers, Seattle, even though Seattle will be bad this year. And by the way, the other crossover game you play is versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that division. And you also get the first place teams in Buffalo and Tennessee. That's a tough schedule. Now, Mm -hmm. can the Chiefs go 11 wins, 12 wins, 13 wins? Yeah, they do it every single year. And if you're betting against the Chiefs getting 11 wins, there are better things to do than put your money there. But (laughs) with that schedule, you just lost Tyreek Hill. Yeah, they're going to. That offense is dynamic. Andrew Reid is one of the best coaches in the game. Is it going to stun you to find the Chiefs go 10-7 and seven in that division with that schedule? Again, it's not just the AFC West. they got to play the NFC West. they got to play the Bills. they got to play the Titans. And they got to play um, the Bengals because the Bengals won the division. And they got to mm-hmm. play the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So you got, what's that, five first-place teams on that schedule along with the rest of the division. That's tough. Now, can they do it? Obviously, they can. But I like the ten and a half under for the Chiefs. Yeah, I like that play. That's a that's in a very interesting one because that is you know, a lot of people don't you know when you start winning and you're winning, there's like well they're going to win right. But when you win that much, you're playing the best teams year after year after year, right? I talked about this when the Bills schedule came out. You look at the first like eight the first eight weeks of that, it's it's a little sketchy. I mean those are those are teams that when you don't really know what they're going to do yet this year, and you catch them in those first couple of weeks. Look at the Steelers beat us in week one last year, right? And they weren't even close to on par with us. But when you catch teams early and you're you're not you're not on the wavelengths yet it's tough and we're running through baltimore pittsburgh tennessee kansas city you know we got the rams we have 10 you know those are that's a tough start to the season so you really do have to take that stuff into account anybody that you're just like that's on the low end of this that you think is going to jump i think i mentioned the ravens earlier i think over nine and a half is a play for me for them because i think that their schedules are significantly easier than someone like the chiefs you play the AFC East, so they do have to play the Bills, but they also get the mm-hmm. Dolphins, Jets, and Patriots, which are not exactly the hardest teams in the world. They face the NFC South, which gets the Bucks, but then you also have the dregs of the bottom of that division with the Falcons and who knows how good the Saints and Panthers are going to be. And I think they're just an improved team, and I think asking John Harbaugh and the Ravens to go 10-7 and seven is not a tall task when I don't think that division is as good as people think it is. So that's what I'm highlighting as well. Um, we may be jumping the gun a little bit because I know the next topic is, is AFC East, but I would play the Patriots under eight and a half. Um, yes. Tough schedule. Dolphins, Bills, Patriots, Jets all have a tough schedule, but 
I don't think the Patriots are as good as people think they are. We can get to that in the next question. Mention the Raiders. I think over eight and a half is a play. They won nine games last year. Why can't they do it again with Devontae Adams? Um, and then the last one I was highlighting is is Denver. I'm not sure what I'm missing that people think Denver's a 10-win team. Yeah. Again, Chiefs 10 and a half, Broncos 10, Raiders 8 and a half. I don't see that much separation. And if you want to give me the Raiders over 8 and a half or the Broncos over 10, I'm going to take the Raiders all day. But I also think, I, I don't, I mean, Russell Wilson's good, no doubt. But he's not walking into a team that is been in five straight AFC championship games. He's not right. walking into a team. I mean, this is a team that that's only been winning six, seven, eight games the last few years. So it's not like when done, Peyton did it. Right. They've done pretty much nothing since Peyton left. So I'm not buying them just yet. And Russell Wilson can do miracles, but he wasn't even getting 10, 11 wins every year with Seattle. So not sold yet, but those are some of, from a betting standpoint, some of the win totals I'm looking at. Yeah, I like that. I was just about to ask you about that Denver one, too, because I'm looking, I'm like, how is every team in that division going to get to 10 wins? Right. Like, I just I don't understand how people see that that's possible. One other one I wanted to hit on is like right now, would you pound the Browns under? I mean, like, what are the odds? It is. It feels like it's going to drop by at least two games or so. Like, right. If it's off the board in every book that I deal with, so it's not something I can bet. But if it's still out there, then, yeah, if the books have left it up by mistake, (laughs) Like right. I don't know many books that have left the Browns up there. Um, in fact, I was uh, we, we we our official book is Caesars at ESPN. I was counting up the win totals yesterday, and I saw thirty one of thirty two, and I was like, oh, it must be the Browns that are off the board because we were asked, you know, what's the yeah. Browns? What's the the, the the betting spin? Which there shouldn't be. It's a whole legal thing. It shouldn't be a betting spin. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it'll move two games because they do build it in. The books aren't stupid. They built in the fact that Deshaun Watson could be suspended a couple of games. I don't think anybody thought when the line was posted that it would be a full season. Mm-hmm. So if you got in there and bet the under when the line was first posted, congratulations <laughs> to you. Um, but it's, it's just not something that, that is readily accessible to bet at this point. Yeah. So let me ask you, uh, as we kind of, we're going to transition to the AFC East a little bit, because I'm, I'm really glad that you said uh, the Patriots under, because when I did this a couple of weeks ago, that's that's one that I highlighted was the, the Patriots being under, because uh, I actually feel like this might be the year that they finish last in the division potentially. And I like the Jets over. Uh, I know it's five and a half and it's going to be close, but I think they could get to six wins and maybe even seven. They feel to me like a team that's going to surprise some people. I mean, they're obviously going to get to play lower level quality teams right from where they finished um so i I think there's some room there but but how where are you at on the afc east right now well like you said i i like the patriots under i'm not a mac jones guy i think you know it might be personal but i think the dolphins have the better alabama quarterback he did beat them twice last year and um i didn't think the bills were that great last year and i think you know obviously they they made the playoffs and then got you know kicked out by by the bills real quickly i don't think they were that good um i i think I would take the under there. It's a tough schedule. All four teams have a tough schedule. As far as the Jets are concerned, I'm kind of torn, and not because of my fandom. I just I don't believe that just because they had hypothetically a good draft that all of a sudden they're going to translate to wins. Maybe they will. Maybe all of a sudden Zach Wilson is who they thought he was, and and it's not it's not difficult nowadays to get six wins. Um, mm-hmm. That is a low number, and I can tell you based on the reporting we've done that people have been pounding the Jets over. Um, whenever you have win totals that come out right after a draft like that or in mm. the neighborhood of the draft, people remember the draft and they go bet because of it. I'm not totally sold on the jets over because keep in mind, they are the jets. Like <laughs> if I were to say to you, Colt, 
the Jets are going five and twelve next year. You'd be like, yeah, no kidding. Sure. Yeah. Can they get to six and eleven or seven and ten? Sure. They have enough talent too. But the Jets are kind of one of those I'll see it when I believe it type things. Um, I don't think there's a three game gap between the Patriots and Jets. If I had to put a number on it, I would probably go with six to seven for both teams, which would lead me to bet the Pats under and the Jets over. Um, I am more confident that the Pats go under than the Jets go over, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as our two teams, listen, the, the Dolphins won nine games last year, and they only got better in the offseason with bringing in Tyreek Hill um, and bringing in Mostert in the backfield, bringing in a coach that people actually want to play for. So I look at it as the Dolphins are should be better than they were last year, and they won nine games last year. And they won nine – you know, they, they, they've won the eight, nine games the last couple of years – I would go over again, tough schedule. The Dolphins could easily lose their last six games of the year. They could lose the first four games of the year. The middle of the schedule is fairly easy, which is what helped Miami last year when they started one and seven and all of a sudden made a playoff push, tough, early schedule, easy middle schedule. And then it couldn't win the last game versus Buffalo. I mean, they, they beat new England, but after they lost to Buffalo, I would go over, wouldn't put my life savings on it. (laughs) <laughs> and as far as the bills are concerned, that's a tough number. 11 and a half is a lot. Um, I firmly believe they're the best team in the AFC. So I'm going to throw that out there and say it. I said it, quote me on it, whatever you want. They're better than the dolphins. They're going to win the division. I put them in the super bowl. I did that last year too. You let me down. Um, <laughs> not that I cried over it, but I did have bills Packers super bowl last year. It was a, a rough, a rough weekend for both those teams. Yeah. Um, it's tough because that's a tough schedule. It really depends on whether if they sweep the Dolphins again, I think they can sweep the other two teams. You go six and zero in the division, which they're not going to do, then you win your twelve games. If you wind up four and two in the division, I think the rest of the schedule is too tough. Having to play um, the Packers, having to play the other first place teams in the AFC, including the AFC West teams, so I think that's a difficult schedule to have. Uh, but I wouldn't put it past Sean McDermott, who I think is one of the best coaches in the in the NFL to have that team I and mean, they won that many games last year um mm-hmm. you're facing the AFC North and you're facing the NFC North not the toughest in the world but not an easy schedule it's not nearly as difficult as Kansas City um but you, you do face the Bucks I mean sorry mm-hmm. you do face the Packers and the Vikings um and you're gonna get the AFC North as we know with Baltimore and company you're gonna have to play the Chiefs etc yep. um gun to my head I I I, I probably go over but that's not something i'm going to want to have anyway with my fandom so it's the number <laughs> right. i'll put it that way the number is good yeah let me ask you uh if if it doesn't go well this year is two a done i think it depends on how it doesn't get done i don't think it's playoffs or bust but i think it's probably 500 or better or bust um if they don't get to that nine and eight and show that they were at least as good as last year. And who knows what the reasons were if Tyreek gets injured or somebody gets injured. If they don't make the playoffs because of him, then yeah, he's probably done. This is the year. This is, you know, the first year, at least I gave him a pass. Not sure everybody else did, but I gave him a pass because he had no training camp and no preseason coming off a hip injury, COVID, yada, yada, yada. Second year, I felt he didn't have enough weapons. Will Fuller gets his fingernail split. He's out for the season. (laughs) Um, Devontae Parker in and out. The running backs were a mess. The offensive line was a mess. But two of one games. He was the reason why him and the defense were the reason why they were there at the end of the season with a shot at the playoffs. This year, 
a lot of excuses are out the window. He's got talent. He's got a coach that loves him. The coach last year did not. Tough environment when the coach doesn't like you and is trying to get a trade for Deshaun Watson. I think Tua will be fine. I'm a fan of his. I think he'll be good. If the team falters, and when I say falters, like if they go 10-7 and seven and miss the playoffs because the AFC is loaded, I'm not faulting him. Mm-hmm. They wind up one and seven again and finished five and 11 or five and 12, then it's a problem. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in the same kind of boat. It's it's the prove it year. Right. But it's this, it's like one of those things where it, it feels like you have to at least do what you did last year. Or you're going to be done either way. Cause somebody will find a way to say it's not enough, you know, but right. all right, we're almost up here on our half hour real quick before we get you out of here, gun to your head. It's June 30th. Super bowl winner is. I'm not just saying this because I'm on the air, but I would go with the Buffalo Bills. I think the Bills are the best team in football, top to bottom. They have the coaching. They have the quarterback. They have the receivers. They have the defense. Your boy comes back. Um, they they should have been there last year. Didn't get the coin flip. Happens. That team didn't make the Super Bowl either. When I look at the talent and I look at the experience, I think as long as Josh Allen stays healthy, and the Bills can figure out what to do with that running game, even though sometimes they prove they don't need one. I think they win the AFC and they're battle-tested. And, yeah, you might have to face Brady. You might have to face defending champion Rams. Um, I don't think they're going anywhere. I would go Bills one, Rams two, uh, Bucks three, and then everybody else four. I think if I were to – what my Super Bowl, if I were to bet it today, I would go Rams-Bills. I like it. Start the season that way, end the season that way be kind of an interesting thing that's probably be like a first ever if that actually happens uh, so that'd be pretty cool but all right thanks for coming on david i really appreciate you hanging out spending some time with me uh, you got anything you want to shout out before we get you out of here uh you see my twitter handle d bearman espn uh, i send out a lot of good information whether it's related to betting my teams espn or, or my goofy kids um espn backslash chalk is where all our content goes obviously tune into daily wager every day on espn 2 at six o'clock and uh, we're, uh, we just got finished doing NFL futures a few weeks ago, some of the stuff that's been read, and I'm proud to announce we're going to be doing the same thing with college football. Should be around July 18th. Don't hold me to that. Could shift. You never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kevin Durant could be traded that day. Who knows what's right. going to happen in the NBA. But we're, we're looking to mid-July to do college football futures as well. Awesome. I love it. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, thanks everybody that's been uh, watching and joining those of you that are going to be listening. appreciate your guys' support. Uh, make sure you guys go over to uh, everytown.org and check them out if you can and uh, see what they're up to over there trying to, uh, you know, support gun safety in our communities around the country. And of course, go Bills. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.